You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Happy New Year and welcome back to campus uh, to all of those here at Queen's University. Uh, we've got a nice special episode today uh, featuring some great stories from our good friends over at the Queen's Gazette. Uh, and we're going to review some of the great things that happened at Queen's University in 2018. And uh, we'll look back at some of the stories and events and people at Queen's who uh, essentially grabbed uh, the university's and university community's attention over the uh, calendar year 2018. Uh, So 2018 was a year of building upon the momentum initiated in 2017 in important areas, including diversity and inclusion and reconciliation, faculty renewal, ongoing modernization, and more. Uh, 2018 also saw a number of changes in key uh, administrative positions at the university. Principal and Vice Chancellor Daniel Wolf has led the way for Queens for the past 10 years, and with his second term nearing its conclusion, uh, Queens announced that Patrick Dean will be the 21st Principal and Vice Chancellor of Queens University. Currently, uh, Patrick Dean is the president of McMaster University, and uh, Dr. Dean has deep roots at Queen's, having served as vice principal academic from 2005 to 2010. He will in, uh, officially take the office of vice, uh, vice chancellor and principal on uh, July 1st, 2019. And uh, Tom Harris uh, took up a new position as interim provost and vice chancellor on uh, July 1st, 2018. He had served as vice principal advancement from 2010 to 2018 and succeeded uh, Benoit Antoine uh, Bacon, who left Queens to become the president of Carleton University. Now over at Summerhill, Karen Bertrand was appointed Vice Principal Advancement, also effective July 1st, and she joined Queens from uh, Guelph University, where she was the Associate Vice President of Major Gift Advancement. And on the same day, the university also announced the appointment of Kimberly Woodhouse as Interim Vice Principal Research. A professor in the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science, Dr. Woodhouse recently served as Dean of that faculty for two five-year terms from 2007 to 2017. And elsewhere on campus, Fahim Kadir was appointed Vice Provost and Dean of the School of Graduate Studies. Dr. Kadir arrived on July 1st from York University, where he was Interim Dean and Associate Vice President Graduate in the Faculty of Graduate Studies at York. In November, Janice Hill and Stephanie Simpson accepted the inaugural positions of Associate Vice Principal Indigenous Indigenous Initiatives and Reconciliation, and Associate Vice Principal Human Rights Equity and Inclusion, respectively. The new positions are integral steps in Queen's University's commitment to inclusion and reconciliation. The university also continued its faculty renewal plan, started in 2017 with the goal of hiring 200 new faculty members over a five-year period, with approximately 50 of these positions being uh, um, net new hires. 
And uh, there were a number of new faces through a series of interviews called Introducing Our New Faculty Members. Among those featured in the Gazette this year included Richard Gill from the School of Business, um, Lindsay Fitzpatrick from Chemical Engineering, Mohammed Kimji from Law, uh, Thomas Rotter from Healthcare Quality, Ravi Prakash from Electrical and Computer Engineering, and many more. Supporting Queen's commitment to diversity and inclusion, faculty renewal enables Queen's University to increase representation from equity-seeking groups such as women, people with disabilities, Indigenous peoples, and racialized individuals, while at the same time building on Queen's current areas of research strength. Now, in the area of in area of infrastructure, capital projects on a campus the size of Queens are continuous, uh, but were the main focus for 2018. Uh, the final stages, in fact, were the construction of Mitchell Hall, which we now see is uh, lit up and nice and beautiful over there. Uh, lots of uh, uh, units have moved into this uh, new Mitchell Hall as well and uh, renamed from the Innovation and Wellness Center in recognition of a lead donation from a proud Queen's engineering alumnus. Combining key elements of campus life under one roof, Mitchell Hall is designed to act as a powerful catalyst for growth and change in the lives of students and faculty. It's built on a central and highly visible location uh, right there at the bottom of Division Street on Union. And Mitchell Hall brings together a number of key services for students and is planned as a space that supports leading education and research into interdisciplinary innovation and entrepreneurial activities and responsive health and wellness services. The Queen's community got its first look as well inside on, uh, on December 3rd as parts of Mitchell Hall, including the central atrium, atriums and a new Starbucks location opened. Uh, three gymnasiums, two multi-purpose classrooms and the examination center also opened to host students writing tests during the fall term exam period uh, from December 5th to the 20th. Many other tenants moved into their new homes uh, by the year of the by the year year's end and more were uh, will be arriving in 2019. And as well, what else went on last year? There's a new academic calendar. Queen students had their first fall term break uh, following its approval in 2017. It was a two-day rest period in October uh, between the 25th and the 26th, and it was designed to ease stress and improve student success. Students were encouraged to use this time away from classes to catch up on their readings and rest. Uh, to accommodate the addition of a break, the university adjusted the move-in and orientation schedule at the start of the term. Residence uh, move-in for first-year students was held on Saturday instead of the usual Sunday. Orientation activities then followed on Sunday two days earlier than in previous years. Importantly, orientation week activities were designed to make the experience more inclusive. The changes stemmed from a report uh, which focused on creating a more welcoming orientation experience for new students. In the spring, uh, the Undergraduate Orientation Review Working Group issued a report making 20 recommendations to be completed by the University and the Alma Mater Society, or AMS, by fall of 2019. 
also introduced before the beginning of the uh, 2018-19 academic year was the University District Safety Initiative, otherwise known as UDSI, a collaborative effort between the City of Kingston, the Kingston Police, and Queen's University to enhance community safety. The pilot program was developed to help promote a culture of safety and respect in the neighborhoods surrounding Queen's University. The new enforcement approach means a summons to court for anyone issued a ticket for specific offenses under the city's nuisance party and noise bylaws, as well as the Liquor License Act, during events including Orientation Week, Homecoming, and St. Patrick's Day. Under the uh, wing of reconciliation, building upon recommendations put forward in 2017, the university continued its efforts toward fostering reconciliation on campus. Along with Janice Hill's appointment as the first associate vice principal, Indigenous Initiatives and Reconciliation, Queens welcomed Candice uh, Baptiste uh, as the director of Four Directions Indigenous Student Center. Originally from Tyendinaga, Baptiste uh, returned to Eastern Ontario from Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, where she held the position of manager Indigenous Initiatives. The Four Directions Indigenous Student Center extended its rafters as well, uh, opening its doors again on October 23, 2018, after an extensive renovation and expansion. Now housed in 144 and 146 Barry Street, the new facility was a key recommendation of the Queen's Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or TRC, task force report. The project also paid tribute to the founding peoples of the area upon which Queen's is situated, with 144 Barry being designed with the Haudenosaunee uh, longhouse aesthetic, while 146 Barry honors Anishinaabe peoples with a circular room for cultural and ceremonial events. Other enhancements uh, include an expanded kitchen and uh, expanded programming space at 144 Barry and a library and quiet study room for students at 146. Now moving on to awards. Throughout the year, faculty and researchers were also recognized nationally and internationally for their dedication and groundbreaking work. Highlights include Ahmed Hassan receiving the EWR Stacy Memorial Fellowship from NSERG, as well as being named a member of the Royal Society of Canada's College of New Scholars, Artists and Scientists. Staying with the RSC, the trio of Stephen Archer, Heather Stewart, and Rena Eupidus were elected as fellows, and John Small was elected as a fellow at the Royal Society of London, and Stephen Hughes received the Humboldt Research Award. And now let's dig a little bit deeper into research prominence at Queen's University at the national and international levels, uh, which are a key strategic priority area for the uh, university. In terms of leadership, there were a number of notable developments from the research portfolio in 2018. In April, the 2018-2023 strategic research plan was approved by Senate. The five-year roadmap outlines areas of research strength and priority for the university and sets the tone for a positive and productive environment through its emphasis on diversity and inclusion. Also in April, it was announced that Kimberly Woodhouse, again mentioned earlier, would begin a two-year appointment as Interim Vice Principal Research, succeeding John Fisher. A professor in the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science, Dr. Woodhouse also recently served as Dean of that faculty from, uh, from 2007 to 2017. 
In terms of rankings, Queen's Research fared well in two significant rankings released this year. According to a research info source, a research and development intelligence company, Queen's placed first nationally in research income growth within the medical category. And in uh, annual university rankings by McLean's, Queen's maintained its uh, second place rankings for awards per faculty member. Some of the major initiatives that uh, happened last year as well in at around Queen's University, uh, the university celebrated the opening of the Arthur B. Macdonald Canadian Astroparticle Physics Research Institute in May, named in honor of the co-winner of the 2015 Nobel Prize in Physics. The institute is a partnership of eight universities and five affiliated research organizations. Headquartered right here at Queen's University, the institute came to fruition as a result of the $63.7 million investment the university received through the Government of Canada's Canada First Research Excellence Fund. In April, a group of Queen's researchers and administrators made the trip to Ottawa for Queen's on Parliament Hill Day. The aim of this event, one of several held in Ottawa in 2018, was to highlight the university's areas of strength in research and innovation, while also demonstrating support for the federal government's continuing investments in fundamental research. Canada's faculty, or sorry, Queen's faculty members and researchers continued uh, leverage continued to leverage the university's partnership with The Conversation Canada, with a total of 63 articles being published through the online platform this year, with over 1 million views. Many uh, pieces have been republished by local, national, and international news outlets, including Maclean's uh, CNN, Time, Scientific American, The National Post, and The Washington Post. And in an ongoing effort to highlight the and share the work of researchers with Queens and broader communities, an integrated campaign demonstrating beauty of research highlighted winning photos from the annual Art of Research contest. Throughout much of the year, the Mobile Art of Research pop-up exhibit can be seen at various locations on campus and at events across Ontario. At the same time, banners along University Avenue and building skins on a number of prominent buildings helped keep research uh, front of mind around campus. And with relation to research awards and funding, uh, Queen's continued to attract leading researchers and competitive funding and awards through a number of national and international programs. In March, the university welcomed uh, Sari Van Anders, who arrived on campus as a Canada 150 research chair, one of only 28 such positions awarded across the nation as part of the federal government's initiative designed to recruit top-tier academic talent from around the world. Dr. Van Anders's work is in social neuroendocrinology, sexuality, and gender and sex. In May, Ahmed Hassan, as I mentioned earlier, received the EWR Stacey Memorial Fellowship from the Natural Sciences and Engineering Research Council of Canada, otherwise known as NSERC. A leader in software engineering, Dr. Hassan, from the School of Computing, is only the 10th Queen's faculty member to receive the honour since the award's creation in 1965. 
Queen's researchers uh, continued to be recognized by the Royal Society of Canada with Stephen Archer from Medicine, Heather Stewart from Public Health Sciences, and Rena Eupidus from uh, Faculty of Education being elected as fellows. Ahmed Hassan added to his banner year by being named a member of the College of New Scholars, Artists, and Scientists. And across the Atlantic, John Small was elected a fellow of the prestigious Royal Society UK and Commonwealth, just the third Queen's researcher to join their ranks. In terms of research funding, scholars across disciplines garnered financial support from the tri-agencies, the Canada Foundation for Innovation, and the Ontario Research Fund, among others. Highlights from 2018 including, re- included receiving $15.5 million from NSERC's Discovery Grants Program and more than $3 million from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council, or SHRC, uh, and SHRC's Insight and Partnership Grant Program. The uh, research of graduate students has also been recognized as four Queen's doctoral students also secured Vanier Canada graduate scholarships in areas of study, including Indigenous public protest, kidney kidney function, low-income populations, and assisted dying. And now moving on to uh, the Gazette's year in review of the 14 most notable alumni moments from uh, 2018, some of the great things that Queen's alumni have been up to over the course of the last uh, calendar year, and they achieved great things in the past uh, 12 months, uh, such as commanding the International Space Station, becoming a top executive at the National Football League, or being named the uh, to the Canadian Business Hall of Fame. So in March, uh, Drew Feustel, uh was on the International Space Station. He is a NASA astronaut. Uh, Drew Feustel, uh received his PhD from Queen's University in uh, 1990. And he blasted off in March for a 197-day mission on board the International Space Station. And he took part in several spacewalks, did a live Q&A from space, uh, which was piped down to folks uh, visiting and talking to him in Grant Hall right here on campus with students and community members. And he became the commander of the International Space Station there, too. Uh, And he safely returned to Earth in October. Uh, What else happened? Indigenous Studies uh, pioneered, honored, uh, Indigenous Studies pioneer honored at Queen's University Alumni Association Awards Gala, and that was Dr. Marlene Brandt Castellano, uh, who was uh, graduated in Arts 55 and Law 1991, who earned the Alumni Achievement Award, the highest honor bestowed by the Queen's University Alumni Association. She was a pioneer who shaped the way Indigenous studies are taught across North America, and her work with the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples set standards on the way research is conducted with Indigenous communities. Further, uh, Mary Ann Turk uh, became the COO of the NFL, uh, and she was a graduate in sciences in 1988 and MBA 1997. She's the highest ranking woman in one of the biggest sports leagues in the world. Uh, In April, the Queen's Alumni Association got a new president, and that was Jeremy Mosier, who we had a chat with as well right here at CFRC last fall. Uh, He finished in Arts and Sciences in 2008 and started his two-year term as Alumni Association president and represents more than 155,000 alumni um, across the world. Uh, And he'll be doing that for the next couple of years. 
Um, in June, the William Henderson Foundation donated $1 million to Queen's to combat interstitial lung disease after the organization's director, David Patadin, lost his wife, Ruth, to the, to the disease in 2016. As well in June, uh, Stephen Maynard, uh, Masters uh, 1987, served as the historical consultant for the first uh, Heritage Minute focused on LGBTQ issues. The video focused on activist Jim Egan and his fight for legal rights of the legal rights of same-sex couples. Uh, Stephen Maynard, I believe, also just finished his PhD, and he is in the history department here at Queen's University. And in July, Michael Onajay, and um, who is, in fact, a Queen's alumni who graduated uh, with an MA in 1967, uh, his book, The English Patient, was named the best Man Booker Prize winning book of the past 50 years. It originally won the prestigious award in 1992. And in August, uh, the Baders make, uh, made another major gift to Queen's University. Alfred Bader, uh, who recently passed away, um, who has numerous degrees from the university, including Science 45, Arts 46, Masters of Science 47, and Law in 86, as well as Isabel Bader, uh, Law 2007. They continue to be the university's most generous benefactors, and over the past six decades, the couple has made many transformative gifts to the university, including the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts, Hearst Monceau Castle, and then three Rembrandt paintings. And this year, the Bader Philanthropies donated $1 million to support four projects related to their passion for the arts. And in October, uh, more than 3,000 alumni returned to Queens to take part in uh, homecoming celebrations here. And among our favorite moments, uh, we're seeing 100-year-old John Perkis from uh, Commerce uh, 48 and his wife, Shirley Perkis, uh, Arts 41. And they were around and at the football games and having a lot of fun with their fellow alumni. Further in October, the Queen's Black Alumni Chapter launched, uh, and we had a conversation with Asha Gordon uh, and uh, and her co-president in in uh, October as well, just before the uh, homecoming, actually. Uh, you can visit our archives and also our podcast and, and check out that episode. Uh, the new Black Queen's Black Alumni Chapter uh, hosted the inaugural event um, after months of work and planning uh, during uh, the homecoming celebrations in October. And you can visit their Facebook and LinkedIn pages to learn more if you'd like to get involved. Uh, in November 2018, Stephen Smith, Science 72 and Law 2017, donated $50 million to the School of Business in 2015, uh, and he was inducted into the Canadian Business Hall of Fame in 2019. And uh, yes, as mentioned earlier, uh, unfortunately, Alfred Bader uh, died on December 23rd at the age of 94. Um, yeah. <laughs> and as mentioned earlier, unfortunately, uh, for Queen's University and the entire community, Alfred Bader did pass away on December 23rd at the age of 24. 
or 94. Uh, Dr. Bader's connection to Queens spanned more than 70 years, uh, including his many degrees um, and his generosity and that of his wife, Isabel Bader. Their generosity has transformed Queens in countless ways. And as Principal Wolf has noted, Dr. Bader's legacy at Queens will live on in future generations who will be enriched by his profound love for this university. So Alfred Bader was an Austrian Jew of Czech descent, and he arrived at Queens on November 15, 1941, greeted by University Registrar Jean Royce. Uh, Professor Arthur Jackson showed Alfred around the campus before instructing this new student to go to the chemistry building to claim a locker and equipment for lab work. Alfred's circuitous path to Queens began in Vienna in 1938, and he left high school reluctantly as Jewish children in Austria were then forbidden to stay in school past the age of 14. That same year, he went was sent to England under uh, the Kinder Transport Program, which removed thousands of Jewish children from Germany and German-annexed countries. In 1940, with other German-speaking refugees, he was deported to Canada, where he was detained in an internment camp in southern Quebec. Alfred was released from the camp in the fall of 1941, thanks to Martin Wolf, a Montreal journalist and historian who sponsored Alfred and took the teenager uh, under his wing. With uh, Mr. Wolf's encouragement and support, Alfred decided to further his education. He was accepted at Queen's and began his studies uh, midterm in the Faculty of Applied Science. I was a free man. I had been welcomed into a Canadian family, and I had been accepted by a prestigious Canadian university, he recalled in his autobiography. I was determined to do my best. Alfred flourished at Queen's University, getting involved in many aspects of campus life. He became a member of Science 44 Student Co-op in his second year. I do not think I was a good member of the co-op, he wrote. I certainly didn't enjoy snow shoveling or peeling potatoes, yet most of the members were patient with me, and I admired their savvy. He joined the Debating Society and won the Roberta McCulloch Scholarship in Public Speaking in 1945. How silly could I get, public speaking, and with me, my thick German accent, but I tried and won, he said. Hints of Alfred's future as a gifted chemist and a passionate supporter of arts and culture appeared during his undergraduate studies. His dissertation on rare metals earned him first place in the technical paper competition. Soon after completing his Bachelor of Science in Engineering Chemistry, he completed a Bachelor of Arts in History. He remained at Queen's for his Master of Science in Chemistry before attending Harvard University and receiving his PhD in Organic Chemistry in 1950. He never forgot the opportunities that the university education opened up for him, Principal Wolf uh, said. And uh, reminiscing uh, back in 1991 to the Queen's Alumni Review, Alfred also wrote, When I was accepted by Queen's in mid-1941, I was scared and shy and selfish, scared because I had been told on leaving the camp that I must not tell anyone where I'd been and had to report weekly to the RCMP. Shy, because I would say to fellow students who told me they'd come from Glebe or Lisgar or KCVI and then asked where I'd uh, come from 
in the middle of November, and selfish because I had thought one had to survive. Yet my fellow students in class and in Collins House, the Science 44 co-op, put up with me, and many of the professors, Registrar Jean Royce and Dr. W.E. McNeil, who introduced me to debating, treated me wonderfully as an individual, not POW number 156. The kindness brought me out of my shell, and over years, my contract, contacts and interactions with Queen's staff, alumni, and students have continued to gr- give me great pleasure, uh, uh, Alfred said. And the beneficiary of several student awards and bursaries himself, Alfred always knew he would help other students given the opportunity. And in 1948, while he was a student at Harvard, Alfred suffered the loss of Martin Wolf, who had been like a father to him. Mr. Wolf left $1,000 in his will to Alfred. And instead of putting those funds towards his own education, Alfred used the inheritance to establish the Martin Wolf scholarships in civil engineering at Queen's. Alfred would go on to establish many more awards, uh, bursaries, and fellowships at the university, giving numerous students access to the educational experience that had changed his life. Among the awards is the Principal Wallace Freedom of Opportunity Award, which Alfred and his wife Isabel established in 2013. This award, named in honor of the principal who paved the way for the young refugee to come to Queens in 1941, goes to a first-year international student entering an undergraduate program, preference given to refugee students. Alfred's support for students and researchers went far beyond uh, just providing financial support. A lifelong scholar, he took a great interest in uh, work being done at Queen's. And during his visits to campus with his uh, wife, Isabel, Alfred delighted in meeting with scholars, students, and other friends to exchange ideas and to encourage them in their fields of studies. Alfred Bader, again, was an astute entrepreneur and built his fortune through the chemistry industry. He worked as a research chemist with the paint company in Pittsburgh soon after graduating from Harvard. And at the same time, he co-founded Aldrich, a chemical company which specialized in supplying reliable chemicals for research purposes. The company grew to be an industry leader. Even as his business ventures enjoyed immense success, Alfred never defined himself solely by his work. He referred to himself as a chemist collector, acknowledging his twin passions for science and arts. Paintings do cause strong emotions, he wrote, and I buy for my own collection only paintings I really love. He also desired to change his paintings, uh, to share his paintings rather, knowing that they would inspire other art lovers and scholars. And in 1967, Francis Smith, then curator of the Agnes Etherington Art Center, uh, asked Alfred if he would be interested in donating a painting to the gallery. And he agreed, giving the Canvas Art Gallery an early 16th century painting that had belonged to his grandfather. And over the years, he entrusted the Agnes uh, with 200 paintings from the Baroque era, including three paintings by Rembrandt, and Alfred transformed the study and appreciation of art at Queen's through his sustained and extraordinary generosity, according to Jan Allen, the director of the Agnes Etherington Art Center. And as a result of his vision and passion, the Agnes uh, ranks among world centers for the study of the School of Rembrandt, she said. Jan Allen says, through endowment of the curator and research of European art and through timely support for research and publication process, projects, facilities, and programs, Dr. Bader has ensured wide enjoyment of this enduring legacy.
Jacqueline uh, Coutre, who was also with us here on Campus Beats uh, last year. Um, she is the curator and researcher of European art, worked closely with uh, Dr. Bader, uh, much like uh, her predecessor, Dr. or sorry, David DeWitt. Dr. Coutre says that Alfred's impeccable eye and true thirst for knowledge shaped uh, the Bader collection at the Agnes into one of the most formidable collections of Rembrandt and Rembrandt school works. And while delivering a vast world of art to campus, Alfred also sought to extend Queen's global presence by donating the uh, 15th century Hurstmonceau Castle to the university in 1993. The 500-hectare estate in East Sussex, Sussex, United Kingdom, is now home to the Bader International Study Center, or BISC, which offers a number of programs on its historic campus, as well as access to learning opportunities throughout Europe, including the study of art in many museums and galleries. And the castle is unique uh, to Queen's, uh, and at a time when internationalization is more than ever a key element in the university's success and reputation, according to Tom Harris, now interim provost and vice principal academic. Another stellar aspect of uh, the legacy of Dr. Bader is the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts, which opened in 2014. And in discussions with Queens, Alfred said he wanted to do something special as a legacy to his wife, Isabel. Alfred and Isabel initially met in 1949 and developed a strong bond over the next year before deciding to part ways in 1950. And they reconnected in 1975 at Bexhill in Sussex, close to Hurstmonceau Castle, uh, where Isabel was teaching. Her love of music and theater prompted Alfred to provide a transformative gift for the creation of an acoustically superior concert hall and theater at the university. Uh, the new home for the creative arts at Queen's, located on the shore of Lake Ontario, also serves as a hub of vibrant artistic study, creation, and exhibition for Kingston and region. And uh, Alfred and Isabel attended the groundbreaking ceremony for the Isabel um, in October 2009. And while Alfred remarks that day were in reference to the Performing Arts Center, they now read as a summation of his enduring commitment to the university and unceasing belief in the power of education and arts. Uh, Queens, in his view, has grown in size, student numbers, and many other ways since my happy and life-altering days in the early 1940s, he said. And the world seems to have, have gotten smaller, and we need even greater opportunities to interpret, understand, and appreciate our world. So that, uh, that story can be uh, found at uh, the Queen's Gazette website, uh, written by Andrea Gunn, our past uh, board president here at CFRC, as well as uh, Mark Kerr. So thank you to uh, the Gazette for the wonderful urine review stories and this wonderful um, story, Alfred Bader, Celebration of an Extraordinary Life. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC and Campus Beat. We'll see you next time.